0: Ladies and gentlemen, I wanted to introduce a new sponsor to the podcast. Hillsdale College has been a longtime sponsor of the broadcast, and for the new year, they've graciously agreed to exclusively sponsor the first hour or segment of the podcast. I believe deeply in the principles and mission of Hillsdale College, which I share with you during the upcoming segment. My thanks and appreciation to Hillsdale College for their long partnership with the show and now the podcast.
1: He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin.
2: Well, we have a deal in theory, but conservatives are not happy about it. I'm not happy about it. I know Mark Levin's not happy about it. And I have a feeling you're not going to be so happy about it either when you learn all the details. Welcome to the Mark Levin Show. The Great One is off tonight. I have the honor of filling in for him. Rich Zioli from Mark's hometown of Philadelphia. You know, uh, the Democrats are giving the president nothing here. I mean, really nothing. It's like 55 miles of non-concrete something or other. You have to understand two things now. Number one. Democrats have decided that a wall is racist. The word wall, like literally the wall is racist. So they will not agree to a wall. They will, however, agree to a barrier. Now, I know as a Levinite, you're an intelligent person. So you're going, What? what is, I don't understand. What's the difference between a wall and a barrier? I, I don't know. I can't tell you because there is no difference. You can't get through either. Neither, you, I mean, theoretically you can't, right? You can run up against a wall, run up against a barrier. They're both supposed to keep people out. But you see, the Democrats right now are being held hostage by their radical kook lefty fringe, which is now mainstream, part of their party. The Alexandria Ocasio-Cortezes of the world and others. And they have said on record now, a wall is racist. So they will not agree to a wall. But then all of a sudden, somebody came around with the word barrier. It's like how the left always uses politically correct terms for everything. You know, you're not an illegal immigrant. You are an undocumented alien like that. So they use now the politically correct word for wall, which is barrier. And then they go, okay, we agree to a billion dollars in barrier funding. Now, look, I personally don't care what they call it, because I think it's silly when they play these little politically correct games. It's really silly. You know, well, you're not uh, he's not fat. He's just uh, calorically challenged. Not short. He's just uh, vertically uh, vertically challenged. uh, Just say what it is and just be done with it. But they can't. Because their base has convinced that a wall is racist because they've heard the rhetoric on this. So now they have to say barrier. Fine, everybody agrees to a barrier and everybody wins. Except we don't win because we're only getting $1.4 billion for the barrier. And in addition to that, we're losing beds. We're losing detention beds. That's something the Democrats are winning at as well. So the question then becomes tonight, what do we do? What does the president do? Does he sign this? Does he declare a national emergency? Does he use funds from other areas to pay for the wall? Does he let the government go into another quasi-shutdown? And I say quasi because, of course, you know, it's not really shut down ever. But I'll tell you, last time around, I wish we never opened it up again. I just wish we kept it closed. Because of the gnashing of teeth and how everybody was so upset over government workers not getting a paycheck. And I have no idea how we're ever going to cut the size of government if that's how we respond when people don't get paychecks. And we go, oh, my heart breaks for them. Uh, Okay, fine. You know, you can have sympathy or empathy for a person who's not getting a paycheck. I get it. But at the same time, it's not government's obligation. So with that kind of a mindset, we will never get rid of departments of government we don't need, like the EPA or the Department of Education, because people work there and they get paychecks. And we can't take those paychecks away because we'll be mean. And so we don't. And government continues to stay big and bloated and get bigger and bigger and bigger. Except the wall doesn't, because everything else gets money except for that. Now, the president has to deliver on this. He has to. You know it and I know it. There are too many people in his base that, for them, this is their issue. This is their issue. My issue is the courts. And I love the job the president's doing appointing originalist judges to the courts. But there are a lot of people, their issue is that border wall. And if it's not built... They're out. They're done. I've heard about it all day on my local show in Philadelphia. Heard about it all day. They're done. They're out. Out. And the Democrats will not let him build a single inch if they can help it. That's why they're playing the little semantic game on barrier. Barrier? Not a wall. We stopped him on the wall. Well, we gave him money for a barrier. Totally different. How is it different? But again, you're talking logic with people on the left. It doesn't really work out well. So just avoid doing it is my, my advice to you. Just ignore it and just move on with your life. The big question is this. 1.375 billion for border barriers. And the overall cap on detention beds, ICE detention beds drops from 49,000 to 40,000. That means theoretically 9,000 or so, 10,000. Or so less detention beds to hold people who crossed the border illegally. That good for you? Do you like that? The number is 877-381-3811 on The Mark Levin Show. 877-381-3811. Is that good for you? Do you like that? Can you agree to this deal? Now, I have to tell you that, as usual, the Democrats seem to be getting whatever they want because Republicans are afraid to shut down government. And I said last time when the president reopened government, don't do it because the best leverage you have over them is to make them think you're crazy and you'll never reopen government. Make them think that. Make them think you'll keep the government shut down for years if that's what it takes. But the minute you give in to them is the minute that they go, oh, well, okay, well, now he he does have a breaking point. He does care about people. You have to make them believe you are so unhinged, you'll stay, fine, a year, two years, great. And you know what? Maybe there won't be a job to come back to at the EPA. Maybe there won't be a job to come back to at the Department of Education or labor or this or that or whatever. We'll merge some things. We could even find out just what of government we need and don't need in that time off. It would be a glorious experiment. But then the minute you give in to them and say, we're going to open it up because uh, people need checks and airlines. Some of the excuses I heard, too, were amazing. They used airports as an example. Uh, airports, it's the busy travel season. we got to make sure planes are what? Well, because planes could What? Fall out of the sky, bad people could get on board planes, long waits at the airport. Every excuse with this government shutdown came down to that stuff. It was either the paychecks and the heartbreak and the pain, or it was planes will fall out of the sky. Screws will just start popping out. Oh, the other one, too, was food poisoning. Yes, Uh, food that wasn't inspected. That would make everybody sick and probably die. Everybody was going to die during the shutdown. Somehow we lived and now what I hear is that if we don't pass the Green New Deal, well, then we're going to die. All of us. You, me, everybody. So if you didn't die from that or the GOP tax cuts, you'll definitely die if they don't pass the Green New Deal. It doesn't end. It doesn't end. Now, the president has a couple options to play with. Number one is uh, is a great bill by Senator Ted Cruz, which I absolutely love. And it's about El Chapo, who was found guilty today. Shocked. Are you shocked as... Were you as surprised as I was that El Chapo did it? It's amazing, right? El Chapo Guzman found guilty today in federal court. And U.S. Senator Ted Cruz has reintroduced the lawful collection of hidden assets to provide order act, El Chapo, which would reserve any amounts forfeited to the U.S. government as a result of prosecution of El Chapo for border security assets and the completion of the wall at the border. Now. I have had a uh, a long time problem with what is known as civil asset forfeiture. Which is when the government takes your stuff without even so much as charging you with a crime, let alone exercising your due process rights as per the constitution. But that's not what this is. El Chapo was found guilty in a court of law. He did it. He's guilty. So now we're talking about criminal forfeiture. And I say great. Take it all. Take it all, baby, and use it for the wall. Do it. Why not? Otherwise, the Department of Justice is just going to take that money. It's like fourteen billion dollars of El Chapo Guzman's money that he made by being a major drug lord. I mean, huge guy was a very big drug lord, and that fourteen billion, which he made from being a drug lord and killing people, that money is going to be confiscated by the government. It's going to be seized by the government now that he's convicted. It'll be a criminal forfeiture, completely legal, totally constitutional. And then the question becomes, what do we do with it? So Ted Cruz today literally dropped a bill, again, which would dedicate every dollar of money seized from El Chapo to go right to building a border wall, and I think it's a beautiful idea. I really do. I think it's great. What Democrat's going to vote against that? You'd be surprised. Actually, a lot of them would. Democratic Party's in a real bad place. I mean, they are nuts. You know, you've heard about this anti-Semitic... Strain That is going through the Democratic Party. I know it's something that Mark Levin has talked about quite a bit with you. Yesterday, we saw that with this anti-Semitic member of Congress, Oman, who's going on Twitter about, you know, Jewish money controlling everything. The Jewish money controlling everything like puppets. And then the elders of the Democratic Party demand she apologize. And all of the new freshmen come running to her defense. And she gives this fake apology, and then she turns around and she goes, but that said, uh, the the money is really the problem here. So she apologized without apologizing, because she doesn't really mean it. So you have a lot of people who are very extreme, and they're all trying to out-extreme each other on that issue, and then, of course, the border. They want to get rid of ICE agents, and they do not want anything built. So then the Democrats come along and go, no, not a wall, barrier, big difference. Big difference, just go with it, Big difference. And then they turn around and say, how about this? $14 from El Chapo and all of his drug cartelling ways. And I would really like to know what Democrats would pass that. I really would like to know. And you know it's not going to be because they're concerned about any constitutional issues regarding forfeiture. Hell no. They could care less about that. Look, Cory Booker today, who's my senator in New Jersey, Spartacus. He came out today and said he doesn't think people should eat meat. He's a vegan, you see, a vegan, which means you only eat vegetables or some I guess. I don't know. But vegans sometimes can be the worst dinner party guests you've ever had in your life. So I'm just just cautioning you before you go to a party that's hosted by a vegan, just stop, get a cheeseburger on the way, do yourself a favor, pack a cheeseburger, whatever you got to do, it's not easy to get through this. But at least they're not trying to put their way of life on you, Like Cory Booker is. Cory Booker is now suggesting we raise the price of meat to make it so expensive that people can't buy it to eat it for the good of the planet. Cow toots, you see. Party's nuts. So then the question becomes this. Do we agree with them and give in on this border deal compromise, this reopening of government compromise? What do you think? Do you want to see the president go along with this? 877-381-3811. I have to say at this point, the answer has to be no. You can't go along with this at this point because you've given the Democrats too many things and they're not giving you enough back. And now that they've agreed to give something for a barrier, you got them. you got them right against the ropes. Now that they've come out and agreed that barriers are not racist and they've been willing to put money towards a barrier, now force them to put more money towards barriers. In fact, the president can do an entire national speech devoted to just using the word barrier finding anything. Songs, movies, phrases that have the word wall in it, taking them out, replacing them with barrier. I don't care. Democrats are now willing to go along with a barrier because barriers aren't racist because they don't have feelings. By the way, neither do walls. So then make them give you more money for said barriers, non-racist barriers. Do it. Hold them to it. Because if not, I guarantee you, this is going to be one of those deals that we wind up regretting in the future. 877-381-3811. 877 381 What do you think the president should do with regards to this new compromise? The Mark Levin Show. Rich Zioli in for Mark. Coming right back. Mark Levin.
0: I want to thank our sponsor, Hillsdale College, for all they do to try and maintain the greatness of America. You know, most colleges have enough trouble maintaining the greatness on their own campuses, and they have declined, and they have fallen into cultural rot, not Hillsdale College. It's a special place, and now they reach out to all citizens of the country to spread the word of liberty, the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, capitalism, all the great things that make America what she is today. And now that Congress is under new leadership, it already seems to be on a mission to thwart our liberty, doesn't it? Yours and mine. But too many representatives don't know how to preserve liberty, and too many of them don't care. We call them progressives. But I'm not interested in the progressives. I'm interested in you, we the people. It's up to we the people to retain what we have earned and to retain what we have received from our founding fathers. And our Founding Fathers counted on we the people to hold our government in check, and being able to do that means understanding the proper role of Congress. That's why for a limited time, my good friends at Hillsdale have brought their powerful online course on the history and proper role of Congress back, absolutely free, to equip all of us to know what we should expect of our Congress. Hillsdale is on a mission to restore liberty like the rest of us, and you can take their excellent online course for free for a limited time. Sign up today for this critical course. At levinforhillsdale.com, that's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale dot com. Learn how Congress used to work and why it doesn't anymore. Learn about liberty, the Declaration, the Constitution. Go to levinforhillsdale.com.
2: And I'm not kidding you when I say Democrats are literally running around saying no to a wall, yes to a barrier. I have the audio to prove it. Welcome back to the Mark Levin Show. The great one's off tonight. Rich Zioli, your fellow Levinite, the honor to fill in for the great one, 877-381-3811. You know, the left plays these funny little games all the time with words. They're PC nonsense. And they do this a lot with gender or non-gender, whatever they want to do. Well, now they're doing it with the wall, the word wall. I, I, I kid you not. This is now representative. This is a Democrat, obviously. I shouldn't even have to tell you this from Texas, Henry Coolier. Okay, now, take a listen to this now. This is very important to understand, this little montage we put together for you of a Texas Democrat who says no to a wall, yes to a barrier.
3: First of all, we're not going to have a wall. Now, can we look at some sort of enhanced uh, barrier? That's something we can certainly uh, look at. Let the local communities be involved so they can come up with uh, maybe maybe some sort of enhanced uh, barrier, but again, Washington cannot dictate what sort of barrier and where to put it at. Washington is not going to say is going to say what sort of barrier they're going to have. Uh, again, I don't believe in the wall. I think a wall is a 14th century solution. The way the president is saying, the president is, is, is looking at a false premise. He thinks that the only way you secure the border is by having a wall. That is a false premise. There's other ways of securing the border.
2: Like a barrier. Now, my question is this. What if a barrier identifies as a wall? You know what I mean? What if a barrier goes out there and tells all his friends, yeah, you know what? They say I'm a barrier, but I really feel like a wall on the inside. And I want to identify as a wall from now on. So could you please call me a wall? You know, even though I'm a barrier. This is just nonsensical. It really is truly nonsensical. It makes your brain hurt. Eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one. He's not alone, by the way. California Democratic Congresswoman Katie Hill. She will not vote for a wall, but she will vote to fund a physical barrier. Okay? Cut one.
4: Call it uh, steel slats, then, if you will, OK, in areas where there aren't nat- natural barriers. Call it what you want. Right. Will you, as a Democrat, vote for any funding for that?
5: I think that I, I am definitely someone who will vote for, s- for a-, a comprehensive border, control- con- border security package that includes immigration
6: reform. So, but is that uh, some?
4: But Congresswoman, I just want a really straight answer here. Will yeah. you give, vote for any money for a steel barrier?
6: I mean, I will definitely,
5: I don't know if it's steel. I will vote for some money for physical barriers. Okay. It's not going okay. to be, yeah, it's not going to be across the entire 2,000-mile stretch, and it's certainly sure. not going to be a concrete wall, but it will be part of a package. I can almost, right. you know, bet on it.
2: All right. So no concrete wall, but yes, physical barrier. Now, you see, the thing about this is, uh, is that the Democrats are finally agreeing to this nonsense. They have managed to tell their base using some sort of Jedi mind trick. This is not a wall, you see. It's a barrier, and so their base, I guess, is okay with this. So now they're willing to cough up 1.375 billion for barriers. Do not say wall. I'm right. Do not say it. Barrier. So if they're willing to cough up 1.375 billion for ah barrier, why not more? And should the president hold them to get more out of them is the question. Because 55 miles of barriers is not exactly very long. And, and I, and I love this too. They literally prohibited a concrete wall. They literally prohibited it. I don't know what these people have against concrete. I don't know if somebody they love was buried in concrete at some point or I, I don't know, but they're very anti-concrete and it's very rude to the concrete community. But no, they said no concrete. So they'll agree to barrier. But absolute prohibition on concrete. So next time you're at Lowe's or Home Depot, you're walking around the big stores, you look around, you see concrete. Remember, that's the problem. That innocent little bag that will soon become a hard structure if you put water and you mix it. That's the problem. That is the issue. It's racist. But Barry or not, something... I know. You got to put your brain on ice to just be able to get through this, right? But let's get through it together. Tonight on The Mark Levin Show, I'm so glad you're with us. 877 381 3811. 877 381 3811. Should the president go along with this? That is the question. 1.375 billion. Are you okay with it? Coming right back.
0: Now, ladies and gentlemen, it appears that the new congressional leadership is on a course to impede our liberty, your liberty, and mine, and the future liberty of your children and your grandchildren. Many of our representatives simply don't understand or care about the critical imperative to preserve our liberty, and it would seem that some of these so-called progressives actually seek to kill it. And these progressives are quite unlikely to understand or learn these things, which is why we have to. We need to overcome them. Our founding fathers counted on we, the people, to hold our government in check and Being able to do that means understanding the proper role of Congress. Now, to help us understand this critical issue for a limited time, My friends at Hillsdale College have brought their powerful online course on the history and proper role of Congress back, absolutely free, to equip all of us to know what we should expect of our Congress. I encourage you to check out this course, but not just you, your family, your friends, your co-workers, your neighbors. Spread the word of liberty like Hillsdale College is. Hillsdale is on an important mission to restore liberty in our great country, and for a limited time... You can take their excellent and enlightening online courses for free. I urge you to sign up right now for this critical course at LevinForHillsdale.com. That's L E V I N for Hillsdale.com. Learn how Congress used to work and why it doesn't work anymore. Learn more about liberty. Spread the word. Go to LevinForHillsdale.com. What
1: Levin says today, what the backbenchers will repeat tomorrow. Call market
2: 3811 I had a laugh as California pulled the plug on their their bullet train, their high speed train, their choo choo train. Yes, uh, Gavin Newsom, the Democrat governor, pulled the plug today on this massive seventy seven billion dollar choo choo train. Pulled the plug. Because the Green New Deal is utter nonsense. Welcome back to the Mark Levin Show. Rich Zioli in for Mark, your fellow Levinite out of Philadelphia. Thank you for being part of the show tonight. 877-381-3811. A little bit later, we'll get into the Mueller stuff, by the way. It turns out Mueller has nothing, as we've long said, by the way. So I want to know from you, though, are you okay with this compromise deal they came up with today? Now, a couple points on this. Number one. If the president agrees to this, it doesn't mean he'll never get any more border funding. That's important to understand. There's the El Chapo Guzman bill that Senator Ted Cruz proposed, which is to take all of his money now that he's been criminally prosecuted and found guilty. Good. Go with that. Mick Mulvaney, the White House chief of staff, has said you can use executive orders to take money from other executive projects. It's legal. It's not extra constitutional. It's not even a national emergency. You can do that. So there's other ways to achieve that, though. But then, of course, the big question is, but this compromise, does this compromise signal something wrong, something weak, something that has to be fixed? You get $1.5 billion, let's just round it up for a barrier, not wall, barrier, and you lose less beds for detention, catch and release stays. Is it even worse, as some are arguing, some people that I highly respect, uh, people who've been saying all day today conservatives that this is not a good deal what do you think eight uh eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one all right let's start with terry in huntsville alabama terry you're on the mark levin show
4: yes hi how you doing um i'm absolutely for this i think trump she should absolutely take the money and look at this as incremental funding for this project this is just to get it started and as far as the reduction in beds that's perfect the uh less beds the less detainees you have. And just reduce the beds through attrition. As the bed gets freed up, you remove them until the the correct number reduced is uh, realized. And you literally don't bring anybody else in until you get down to that number because you have no space. They did that initially when the first caravan came, where they said, "We have no more room. We can't take anybody else in." So I think they should do. No, you're
2: talking. I'm not talking. Hang on a second. Let's let's be clear. These are not beds to put people up and make them comfortable and rub their feet. These are beds to hold people who've broken the law.
4: Right, well right now they're actually taking people in across the border too that are getting amnesty. So, they haven't reduced that. Well, I'm not that talking about
2: that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people who are held in what's in criminal detention centers along the border. Less beds means less people you can hold, which means more people you have to release when you catch them at the border.
4: Why can't you just put them back at the border? I mean, that's something I never understood. Just leave them there across the border.
2: Well, then you're put not going to prosecute anybody. Well, okay, but then you're not going to be prosecuting anybody who crosses the border illegally. So that gives an incentive to people. But Room for what? Room for what?
4: Facility. They shut the facility down in in Texas because they ran out of room. They said, we have no more room for anybody. I think they actually had to start shipping them elsewhere and put them in other detention facilities.
2: Right. Do you understand that the people trying to come into the border illegally, trying to cross illegally, they're not looking for a bed in a detention center. They're looking to get into the United States illegally. If they know that they're caught and they're just released, they have an incentive to try again. If they are arrested and prosecuted, then they have an incentive not to, and the other people have an incentive not to try to come and cross illegally. But without a place to hold them, without detention centers, you can't hold everybody, so you have to release them at the border. That's what catch and release is all about.
4: Well, that's even a better argument for getting the wall up right away, or excuse me, the barrier.
2: Yes, thank you, Terry. Appreciate the call. Very very nice call. Appreciate it. 877-381-3811. And good for you for using the politically correct word. We will not tolerate the word wall said today on the Mark Levin Show. Not now, not never. Barrier. You should go into Home Depot tomorrow or Lowe's and tell them you want to build a, uh, a barrier around your house, you know, like around the pool. Like, just a barrier around the pool. And when they ask you a wall, say, don't you, how dare you, sir, say that word in front of me? How dare you? Barrier. Uh, Let's try Ted in Los Angeles. Ted, you are on the Mark Levin Show. How are you, sir?
7: Hey, good. Well, I was going to talk
8: about the uh, new Green Deal, but uh, now, you know, I I think that the president needs to... uh, not sign this it's it's the first steps to eliminating ice uh you're right about the the uh i'm gonna call them cots let's not call them beds you know it's it's you're right they're not there to be comfortable and uh you know i've always felt that uh that he needed to change the vernacular from uh from a wall to uh repair and replace you know, so, uh, you know, <laughs> that's if, 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 if that's what it takes for the Democrats to sit there and get on board, whatever. I mean, they're the kings of the uh, the change of the vernacular.
2: They are. And I'm fine with it, too. I don't care what you call it. Call it anything you want. But the reality is the fact that the Democrats are now giving in tells us that, A, people want this and they know that. And they're realizing it's a political loser for them to be against it outside of their kooky base. But number two, if now they've said that they, they'll give one point three seven five billion, Ted, what's to stop them from giving two point five billion or five billion for that matter?
8: Well, exactly. I mean, they, they're just playing the three card Monty. That's all it is. And the, and the problem is they're play, they're playing against the guy that knows how to play that game. So, and you're right, he, he'll come up with uh, money elsewhere. And I love the idea of taking uh, uh, Guzman's money and using it to uh, fund all sorts of stuff. Let's hey, let's uh, give some of that money to the uh, uh, to the families that have lost, uh, um, uh, police officers and, and family members from, uh, due to this stuff, you know. So, yeah. uh, let's use some of that to, uh, help them out, put their kids through college, you know. But, uh, hey, before I let you go, I wanted to, uh, mention the, uh, the Green New Deal and that we're not looking at the positive aspects of, uh, of some of it. So, uh, real quick, one example, you know, you think of Carnival Cruise Line, they won't go out of business. They'll just have to replace their bunker oil with uh, with sales. And when you don't have sales, you can put everybody down below rowing like they did in the Greek and the Roman days. And just think how skinny they'll be from the time they get from Los Angeles to Hawaii. We'll solve the obesity problem. And then at the same time, you'll be drinking water out of a bucket and a ladle because you won't have water bottles anymore. So we'll solve that problem, too.
2: Listen, I say you swim to Hawaii, all right? Be a man and swim. Put on flippers, whatever you got to do. Nobody needs boats either, by the way. All like right, that. Ted, very good call. Appreciate it, buddy. Thank you very much. 877-381-3811. Thank you for calling the Mark Levin Show. Obviously, that's uh, sarcasm, as we call it. Let me just give you this, uh, this fact here from Conservative Review. I know Mark cites Conservative Review quite a bit because Mark Levin is the feature of conservativereview.com. Daniel Horowitz writing this, and this is an important point. Under the committee's proposal, Democrats and Rhinos agreed to provide enough funds for ICE to house 40,520 detainees by the end of the fiscal year. Not only is that below the 52,000 requests from the administration, it is a 17.4% cut from the current level of 49,057 detainees. Horowitz writes, the border surge is growing every day and without any desire to get rid of the magnets and fix the court problems with asylum, unaccompanied minors and catch and release. The invasion will only grow as nicer weather returns in the early spring. The president will have fewer resources to detain illegals than under the current policy, which will induce even more catch and release, thereby incentivizing even more illegal immigration in a perpetual death spiral for American sovereignty. This bed issue is key. This is why the Democrats fought for this. Now, think about it for a second. If the bed issue was about giving people access to a warm bed, why would the Democrats have fought that? They're the ones who fought to get it from down from 52,000 what the administration requested down to 40,000. Why would they want a $12,000 cut if it was going to be warm beds and oatmeal and uh, sound machines and tickle the feet before everybody falls asleep? They wouldn't. They would want hundreds of thousands of those beds, millions of those beds. These beds are for detention, and that's why they're against them, because they don't want people to be put into criminal detention. Why not? Because if you don't put people into detention, then ICE has one of two choices. One, they can just say, we caught you, now you're going back, like a fish. And just throw them back. Or number two, they can just let them go and say, here's your ticket. Come back uh, for a court date in the future. Come back on uh, April 16th. Yeah, we'll see you there. If you can't hold people who cross the border illegally in some sort of a physical structure that they can't escape from, then you're just letting them into the wind. Or you're just putting them back over the border. And I know some people think that that's a great idea, putting them back over the border. But then again, the problem is the incentive aspect. Hey, you know, we get there and at worst, the worst thing they do is just, they just throw you back. You know, like you're the wrong size deer or something. I don't, I don't hunt, but I, I should, but I just. I'm busy. i got a four-year-old and a two-year-old. That's the last thing I have time for in my life. But you know what I mean? you got to stop the incentives. And if they go, okay, well, let's just go. Let's go to the border. And if we make it, we're free. And then if we don't make it, they just they make us leave. They just put us back on the other side. And we'll try again tomorrow when they drive away. Or we'll wait until they see the lights in the background fade away, and then we'll try. By arresting them and processing them, you, you now create a, a larger disincentive for people to cross. And the Democrats want to do away with that because they do not believe crossing the border illegally is a crime. When you listen to their language, their language that talks about getting rid of ICE, it's because they do not believe that anyone in the world should be stopped from coming to the United States of America. They hate this country. They hate it. They hate us for, we're capitalist pigs. They hate every aspect of it, but everyone should be allowed to come here who wants to because we're so terrible. And because of all the horrific things we've done around the world. So that means if you want to come here and you're in Guatemala, it doesn't matter. You get to come. And how dare we arrest you for trying to cross over and have a better life? That's their argument. And so the Democrats are arguing for less beds. And you know know how it goes. 52,000 detention beds now, then down to 40, then 30, then 25. Then you have somebody become president, God forbid, a Democrat, Spartacus Booker or... Uh, Elizabeth Warren, the undocumented Native American, or somebody like that. And then all of a sudden, now you're down to 10,000 beds or no beds. So you can't arrest anybody. You literally cannot detain them. So now they're just free. And that's what the left ultimately wants. And this deal today is a 12,000 bed reduction step in that direction, you understand, which is why reasonable people are against it. Because they're saying not only are you only getting 55 miles of a non-wall barrier, you're getting less beds to hold people for a criminal proceeding. And the ultimate goal of the left, of course, is that 55 miles of barrier and that's it. And not another mile after that. And no beds for criminal detention. Because how dare we arrest anybody, anybody who's trying to cross into this country? Who do we think we are? You listen to their language on this stuff. And you understand that point. Now, the good news is they are the fringe of the Democratic Party. But sadly, though, they're becoming more and more the majority of the Democratic Party. So whatever Democrat politicians left who believe in border security, they've got to put up with this, this base of theirs, which is why you hear so many of them literally contradicting themselves year after year over things they said in the past, like Chuck Schumer. Count Chuckula continues to contradict himself from his earlier position on the border, continues to do it. They're afraid of this new left-wing fringe, which is, I have to tell you, honestly, the, the Democratic Party. Make no mistake, this is not a minority. This is the Democratic Party. The fact that they have so much power in the House of Representatives tells you everything you need to know. The fact that this woman yesterday, this Representative Omar, going on Twitter, talking about Jewish money controlling everything, and she doesn't even have to worry about losing her committee assignments... And the other new freshman come running to her defense, tells you everything you need to know about where the Democratic Party's going. And I gotta be honest with you, I gotta ask somebody who's a moderate Democrat, how the hell can you be part of this party? You got Andrew Cuomo with his, with his radical abortion bill, allowing infanticide and everything else. You got what happened in Virginia with this guy talking about keeping babies comfortable. Well, they decide, well, a, well, a committee decides whether or not to kill it. How do you remain part of this party? This party is so extreme and kooky. And that, you see, now that's, that's the saving grace in all of this for the president. Because I gotta tell you, you have nowhere else to go, which is a good thing. But that's no excuse to not get the wall done. 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Rich Zioli, the honor, filling in for the great one. Mark Levin, coming up. Don't go away. Mark Levin.
0: The new congressional leadership is in town, but there's nothing new about what they're pushing. Big government, centralized government, iron-fisted government, higher taxes, more regulations, open borders. They're on a mission to obstruct our freedom and undermine our sovereignty. Yours, mine, all of ours. And too many representatives don't care. This is the nature of progressivism. It's an ideological poison, and the best way to fight it is with knowledge information about liberty about the declaration about the constitution and how congress is supposed to work it's up to we the people to understand what our government is and is not supposed to do and that includes congress and thankfully my good friends at hillsdale college have brought back the powerful online course on the history and proper role of congress and it's absolutely free please take advantage of this remarkable offer to equip yourself your family your friends your neighbors with the knowledge that all of us should have about our congress and our government generally Hillsdale College is on a critical mission to restore liberty in our great country. And you can take their excellent online courses for free for a limited time. So sign up right now for this important course at LevinForHillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Learn how Congress used to work and why it doesn't anymore so we can do something about it. Go to LevinForHillsdale.com.
2: Uh kooky Green New Deal that came out with last week, uh, Jeff Merkley is an Oregon senator. He's nuts, too. Uh, he came out with regards to this issue of not calling a, a wall a wall, calling it a barrier. I'll play this clip in a second. This is the Mark Levin Show. Uh, grateful that you're here tonight. Rich Zioli in Philadelphia for the great one, Mark Levin. Uh, the reason I got into radio, by the way, Mark Levin. He's the best, and uh, I'm so glad you're listening right now. Thank you. eight seven seven Let's just play this cut, shall we? Because this is the theme right now. Democrats are anti-wall, but they will support a barrier. All right? Do not say wall. You say barrier. You say anything close to sounding like a wall, and they'll slap you. Well, they won't do that because they don't believe in that sort of thing. But you better say barrier. All right? B- BW2.
9: I am comfortable with barriers that involve uh, vehicles, uh, fences. Uh, there are appropriate places where. Can I ask a question here, appeal. Dan?
2: Just pause. What is, how do you make a vehicle wall? Has anyone figured that out? This is like in a zombie movie where they stack vehicles up and you've got to try to escape around. What is a vehicle wall? I have no idea what that means. But again, this is the games, these are the semantic games the left plays. Oh, no, no, I, I refuse to have a wall. But if you want to stack cars up on each other, then, uh, yeah, I'm a, yeah, that's fine. And people can try to get through the cars like a game, like a, like a gauntlet. This guy's a United States senator from Oregon, which is it's like a little mini California kooky. But right, keep going, please.
9: Appropriate places where border guards have convinced me that some additional barriers could be useful. Uh, but what I hear when you separate the border guards from their superiors, what they say is, look... Uh, What we need are sensors to determine if somebody is approaching the border, and we need more personnel to be able to respond quickly to intercept them. That those are the key two things. There's nothing magical about a a 30-foot wall, and in fact, uh, that has become now a symbol, really a symbol of this administration's policies, and it's a racist symbol. You did say that you do think that some new wall
2: or new barrier in some places would be okay, and you'd be willing to vote for new funding for that?
9: Nothing that I would call a wall am I willing to, to vote for. I've seen some of the border fences. Uh, they're chain-linked. You can see through them. They slow people down in combination with sensors. Uh, people can uh, respond. But anything that is is like this vast uh, kind of... Uh, a uh, massive uh, wall that extends 30 feet All the right, air enough. Thank splash. you very,
2: thank you for your rambling there. So if the wall's translucent, that's my question. If you can see through the wall, would you be okay with that? Uh, Senator? This guy's a genius, isn't he? It's something, really. No, the wall is a racist symbol, so I'm totally against that. But if you want to make a, a, a wall of cars or, or fences or... I am comfortable or... with barriers that involve uh, vehicles. Vehicles, uh, yes. Like, I saw that in The Walking Dead once. You just stack up videos, uh, cars, uh, just one on top of the other. And then they have to climb on top, and it's crazy. And then they get knocked to the bottom. What is he talking about? But again, this is what they do. They play they play little games. They play games. All right, listen, so glad you're here on the Mark Levin show 877-381-3811. Out
1: From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin.
2: The Trump-Russia investigation, the nonsense of the Mueller probe, is coming to an end. And Mueller may not even so much as write a report, because he has nothing Welcome back to the Mark Levin Show. The Great One is off tonight. Rich Zioli, your fellow Levinite out of Philadelphia, grateful to be with you tonight, 877-381-3811. Yeah, you know, Michael Cohen, this guy, the, uh, the rat lawyer, it's a thing, you know, when you rat out your clients and you just don't let them know you're recording them, and then to save your own hide, you wind up selling out every principle of confidentiality that's supposed to exist between you and your lawyer. Confidentiality between you and your lawyer, you and your priest, you and your therapist. These things are supposed to be sacred. Not that Michael Cohen is really telling them anything. But today, the Republican chairman of the Senate Intelligence Committee said the committee is losing patience with Michael Cohen, who skipped out on planned testimony today. Today. Now, Cohen's lawyer, Lanny Davis, a spin machine, said in a statement that his client's committee appearance was postponed due to pursed Post-surgery medical needs from Cohen's minor shoulder surgery. Shoulder surgery. All right. This is the third time President Trump's former personal lawyer has postponed planned testimony for a myriad of reasons. I wonder, Mister Producer, what he could be afraid of saying to everybody. Shoulder injury. How about you get some ice and a sling and a little Advil and you come and testify? Can I just throw that out there? I had a I had a frozen shoulder. I had a torn rotator cuff. It was brutal. I still went to work. It's a shoulder, man. It's a shoulder. Put ice on it. Get back in the game. He doesn't want to say what he wants to say. He doesn't what they want him to say, which is the truth. He doesn't want to talk to them. Michael Cohen is all about saving Michael Cohen, just like the Mueller probe is all about, at this point, uh, theater. And the Democrats are all about investigating the president regardless. Regardless of what the Mueller probe shows or not. They won't stop, you understand, And of course, that's why Adam Schiff is now looking at all the president's finances. And it's why Andrew C. McCarthy at National Review wrote a piece over the weekend saying the real threat comes from the second district of New York. The SDNY going after the Trump family because they won't stop. They just keep coming and coming. But, you know, all of this helps the president immensely with his base because he gets to point out the fact that they won't stop coming for him. And for the Democrats, they have to keep coming, because what do they have? I mean, who's going to be their standard-bearer? Amy Klobuchar, who throws binders at people's heads, apparently, who work for her? Who's going to be the standard-bearer of the Democratic Party that's going to take on the president in 2020 and not outcook themselves so far that working-class people want nothing to do with them? That's why, though, you have to get the wall done. It's why you have to solve this problem. It's why the president has to fulfill this commitment, because you can't take any chances. You just can't. The economy is amazing right now. I don't know what it's going to be in a year. Nobody does. And I know that in some of these places where it's tight, Pennsylvania, for example, I'm broadcasting tonight. You're talking about 10,000 votes could swing it one way or the other in certain places, not to lose the whole state, but could just change things, which is why you have to have everybody come out and vote. And the base would lose major enthusiasm if that wall is not built. And Democrats know they don't have anybody. Democrats know that the Mueller probe shows nothing. Democrats also understand, though, that as long as they keep coming and coming and coming at the president over and over again, it satisfies their rabid base who just wants to see the president gone no matter how they get there. This base, by the way, which tolerates a governor in Virginia who puts on blackface and does the moonwalk and then calls uh, slavery indentured servitude. And then also, by the way, talks about, you know, a post-birth abortion, which is not abortion at that point, as the committee keeps the the baby comfortable and talks about whether or not to let it live or not. They put up with this. They put up with this this anti-Semitic member of Congress as Representative Omar, where she comes out and talks about the, the Jewish money controlling everything. This party is off the rails. And that's why when you look at, for example, the Green New Deal, Mitch McConnell did something very smart today. He said, the Senate will vote on the Green New Deal. Now, I was filling in for Mark last week when the issue of the Green New Deal came up. And you know, this is not about saving the earth. Much like how New Jersey Senator Cory Booker wants to raise the price of meat so you can't eat it anymore. They want to control you. This is about control. It's about controlling your life. Controlling how you live for the purposes of now dismantling capitalism The system that they absolutely abhor. They can't stand it. So under the guise of environmental justice, they can go after capitalism. They can control how you live, control how much money you make, control how much money you pay. They can control it all, which is the ultimate goal of the left, which is absolute control in order to achieve their perfect utopian society. Which is what Mark Levin wrote about in Ameritopia, one of his best books. And this, this constant of the left always trying to achieve utopia is what drives us to this place. And for Mitch McConnell to call for a vote today is very smart because there are some Democrats who believe they can get past this present primary pickle that they're in. In order to win the primary in the Democratic Party right now, you have to, to out-left everybody else. You've got to say, hey, I'm the biggest socialist. It's like a new reality show. I'm the biggest socialist. The problem, though, is that by the time the general election comes around, you are damaged goods. This is a problem that Jersey politicos know quite well. Because when you work in politics in New Jersey and you run as a Republican and you get primaried from somebody on the right, for example, then you have to figure out a way to get back in the middle for the general election. Well, look at America from the opposite perspective. For Democrats right now, they all have to try to win and then find a way to get back in the middle to be palatable to people in Pennsylvania, Ohio, Michigan, Wisconsin, West Virginia, Florida. So some of them sit back and they actually think, you know what, this will fade away, and I can be one of the people that lives to tell it all. You know, I can get through this period of kookiness. By McConnell calling a vote, he does something very, very strategically smart, which for McConnell is (laughs) very rare. He makes them go on record. Now, if they vote no on the climate change utopia bill, well, then they risk making the base very upset and the base saying, you're not an authentic leftist. If they vote yes, well, then they run the risk of people who have a brain in their head turning around and saying, you are an absolute fool. So what do you do? You placate the base by voting Yes, for the green climate change utopia bill. Or do you placate people who can think by voting no? What do you do? What do you do? And by McConnell putting this vote out there, he makes them take a stand on it. Guys like Cory Booker, for example, because I know exactly how Cory Booker is going to think. The New Jersey senator, Count Stangela, this guy, Spartacus, what he's going to do is grandstand from now until the cows come home about why cows should be illegal. And then if he wins the nomination... He's going to pretend like he's always been this moderate voice. Suddenly you'll hear Cory Booker talking about school choice again, something he hasn't mentioned in years, but something he campaigned on when he ran for mayor of Newark. Now, force Cory Booker to, to vote on this nutty climate change deal. Force him to vote on it. If Cory Booker votes no, then the leftist base now says, you're done. We're You're gone. Where we can get somebody leftier than you. If Cory Booker votes yes, then thinking people with a brain see that Cory Booker is nothing more than a grandstander to placate the far left of his base. And not only Cory Booker, Kamala Harris, senator from California, force her to vote on it, too. Absolutely. Amy Klobuchar. Make them come on record. Kirsten Gillibrand. Voting yes on this kooky climate change, whatever this is, this grand new AOC, Green New Deal, is a suicide vote in the general election. And they know this, which is why they're running from it. But it's also a suicide vote if you vote against it in the primary. Because can't you see the, uh, you know, picture the Democratic primary. They're all sitting around eating granola, talking about how terrible cows are and uh, how each blade of grass is special and unique. Each very simple blade, each snowflake blade. And now, all of a sudden, they find out one of their heroes voted against their kooky climate bill. They're very sad now. But don't worry, because they can move on to somebody else. It's an ultimate pickle. At the same time, however, Mitch McConnell is telling the president, you have to sign this agreement that we have in the Senate, because we can't have government close again. Why not? What's the big deal if government closes again? Honestly, what's the big deal? Now, if the president agrees to this, it's $1.5 billion for a non-wall barrier. And then, of course, we're losing beds for detention centers and we're not solving the problem of catch and release. So that incentive continues. And there's going to be a lot of people in the president's base very, very upset. On the upside, where are you going to go? I mean, luckily, there is nowhere else to go, but you could stay home and that's the problem. You don't want to allow that to occur either. 877-381-3811 877-381-3811 is the number on The Mark Levin Show. All right, let's do this. Let's go to uh, Nick in Marietta, Georgia. Nick, you're on The Mark Levin Show. I'm Rich. How are you?
10: Hey, Rich. Nice talking to you. I appreciate the time tonight. Um, quick thing. I'm disappointed. I'm about as disappointed as I was three weeks ago. Um, we waited three weeks for this. It doesn't make anyone in the base feel like they're, quote, winning, Um I predicted this within six hours. I'm on a national, another national broadcast, and I said within six hours of him saying he was going to delay this for three weeks and give them a chance to move. Uh, when I found out that Shelby, Hoven, Caputo, that these were the conferees of the Senate committee, this is what you get with these people, and this is going to keep happening. The reason why, uh, you know, the, the screener asked uh, the point. The point is, is that if you do not veto this, this means that you can be rolled. You can just you will go along to get along the next couple of years and nothing substantial is going to be done. Um, it's always going to be more of the Democrat wants than the Republican uh, demands. All right, So
2: that's interesting. So, Nick, you're saying if the president signs this, it's ultimately going to be a message that they can roll him.
10: Put yourself in the opposition, or the rhinos in the Democrats' position. You're jumping up and high-fiving, uh, high-fiving each other. The minute that door shuts and you're in closed space, of course you are. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes some of this stuff makes everybody tries to look way too complicated. And just flat out, just think what common sense tells you. Um, and I'm hoping that DJT... Gets the backbone. I mean, he, he was a great commander of people for his organization, built an empire, obviously. Um, I mean, I hope he understands good quality people, but it kind of is disappointing tonight. I'm reading his Twitter feed in less than an hour ago. He's congratulating and saying thank you to Senator Shelby for his hard work. By God, if that's hard work, you it, with guys like that working for your empire, you would have had a chain of Motel Sixes that were all dilapidated.
2: Yeah, you're right, man. You're right, Nick. Appreciate the call, bud. Thank you very much. 877-381-3811. The Mark Levin Show. What do you think the president should do with this, quote-unquote, compromise, $1.5 billion for a non-wall barrier? Don't you call it a wall? And what about the hatred in the Democratic Party? Why do they continue to put up with so much hate, vile hate from members of their party? The Mark Levin Show. Rich Zioli for The Great One. Straight ahead. Much Levin.
0: Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouse, L-E-V-I-N.com, offer code LEVIN.
2: Mark Levin Show, the great one's off tonight. Rich Zioli from Philadelphia with you tonight. 877-381-3811, do you agree to this deal? That is the question on the table for you as we talk about Non-wall barriers. Not a wall. It's a barrier. Not a wall. It's a barrier. These Democrats are truly unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Uh, Let's go to Bill in Texas. Bill, on the Mark Levin Show. Go ahead, sir.
6: Hi,
11: how you doing? Um, You know, we know that if uh, he signs this bill, that uh, the Democrats are going to dictate to him whether he can build a fence, steel barrier, or a concrete wall, whatever. But if he Vetoes it and he declares an emergency. They can't tell him what to do. He gets to build whatever he wants. I mean, it'll have to go through the court systems, but he can do that and he won't have to worry about cutting down his confinement spaces for the, you know,
2: that they want him to cut it down to like 30,000 beds or something. Right, right, 40,000. That's true, but, you know, you still have to deal with the situation of funding the government.
11: Well, he's got the funding. He's already said he, I, I'm going to build the wall, whether he gets it from the uh, the Congress or whether he gets it from through the military and uh, Corps of Engineers. No, but why he's would you? Civilized. Right, but why? Uh, understood. But then, why would you veto this bill? Be, why? What? Because it's two things. He, if he vetoes it, they don't have to. Uh, he don't have to listen to them tell him how to build it. And secondly right, but, you don't but, have to worry uh, about correct. Cutting hang on hang on just just
2: uh, right but focus on the first part for a second at some point you have to fund the government so are you are you advocating then that the the bill has zero funding for any sort of barrier whatsoever wall whatever no
11: no, no. no uh, what I'm trying to see. yeah no no funding at all cuz then they got their hands in it Okay We're so
2: leave law. it out of the so in other words leave it out of this just do it visa the uh, vis-a-vis the national emergency
11: Right. Let them come up with something else that don't have that confinement part of it in there, too.
2: All right. Now, let me ask you this question, though. Do you think that that could be a loss, Bill, interpreted as a loss because then he literally got nothing out of the Democrats in terms of funding?
11: Basically, he's getting nothing out of them anyway. You know that Mm -hmm. it's 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 a it's a a rip off no matter what, because they're getting to say about how many beds he can have. And you're also getting to say chain link. No way. Give him five yeah. billion. Do it his way.
2: I, you know, it's it's interesting too because while the national emergency will surely head to court, Mick Mulvaney, the White House chief of staff, was outlining other ways the president could get money that's been advocated to the executive branch and use that for the wall. You do that yeah. with the uh, the El Chapo money, and then you know, boom, you're 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 halfway there, Bill. You know what I mean?
11: Yes, I do. Thank you.
2: Thank you, sir. Appreciate the call on The Mark Levin Show very much. 877-381-3811. Okay, let's see now. I have a, a Border Patrol agent on the phone here. Josh, Sparta, New Jersey.
12: Rich, how you doing, buddy? Good, man. So, you know, politically we could discuss all day on right and wrong procedurally how they get this done. But, you know, the American people deserve a little better than that. And quite frankly, you know, when you talk about enforcement, do you want this kind of enforcement actions going on in your neighborhood in 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 our borders or would you rather have a wall up screening out 60 70% and only dealing with the 30% on US land and property saving the public from from ugly you know potential law enforcement actions going on in their houses
2: and, I gotta uh, I, Do me a favor, Josh. Can you hang on over the break? I want to talk to you more about this because you are a Border Patrol agent. You obviously know your stuff. I have a lot of questions I want to ask you. Can you hang out?
12: I can. I sure can.
2: Good. I think it'll be very informative for the audience, and I doubt you have much better to do. Come on. 877-381-3811. The Mark Levin Show. Rich Zioli in for the great one. To sign or not sign, that is the question. Straight ahead.
1: is the home of the July 4th Americans. And you can call at 877-381-3811.
2: The president tweeted out a short time ago we're getting $23 billion for border security, regardless of the wall, which is being built. Anyway, what do you think? What should the president do tonight? That's the question here on the Mark Levin Show. Rich Zioli from Philadelphia in for the great one. 877-381-3811. Uh, I asked Josh, a Border Patrol agent, to kindly hold over the break, and he did. Josh, you were talking about law enforcement uh, actions within communities. Elaborate on that for me, if you would.
12: Right. So, um, you know, there was a little event in El Paso, Texas, uh, last couple of days. I think you saw quite a turnout. Those are what the people that live in these communities, that, that's how they feel about it. When I first started working down in El Paso, the chief couldn't get anyone to build a wall for him. So what he did is he created one. and and we called it hold the line and he put an agent about every hundred yards. So that was what they did in lieu of the wall. And you saw you know, if you look back you would see the crime rate reduction. Huge success. Um propelled this chief into politics. But think about the payroll, think about the pension and the healthcare cost of making a human wall of agents. It's just ridiculous. But the fact is it's already proven what it can do. It's just, you know, now do you do it for the people or not?
2: The idea of, uh, of these other kinds of barriers, you know, I mean, I've been, I've been mocking the left tonight for saying that they won't do a wall, but they'll do a barrier because they're little, you know, pedantic games with semantics. Right. But w- what about this idea of, of a fence? And can fences be effective?
12: So there's all different kinds of walls. If you look, I mean, this it's kind of silly that we even talk about this. There are walls already up all over the border. So I, I don't even know what this argument's about. They're all different. I, you know, I don't know structurally what is the best wall to keep them out. I think you know, if we put that to our Army Corps of Engineers, they could come up with, with some pretty good designs. Offense, you're still creating some dangerous situations. There's been several shootings over rock throwing and other things with agents on the border and people on the other side. It, you're just creating more problems. Put a wall, you can't see who's on one side or the other. You don't have the agents put their lives at risk. We had to create a whole team of agents, which I was on, that went out there and saved these illegal aliens' lives when they crossed in dangerous areas, and we had to go out and rescue them. This isn't a racial issue. This isn't the Border Patrol, you know, with bad guys, and they don't want immigrants coming in. We, you know, we were a group of people that went out and risked our lives to save them. Let's prevent risk to our agents, to our neighborhoods, and to these people who are, who are trying to come over. It, it's just it's a win-win in, in every way you look at it.
2: Thank you, my friend. Appreciate it. Great call, Josh. Thank you for your service, too, to our country. Appreciate it very much. 877-381-3811 here on The Mark Levin Show. Let's go to Lee in Jackson, Mississippi. Lee, how you doing?
5: Hey, doing great. Thank you. Yes. So um, the way that I feel, and I'm speaking, you know, as a leftist and as a Democrat, is that um, Trump's got a good deal. And Trump needs to take this deal and run with it because it's pretty much the best he's going to get from us, and it's actually more than probably what Democrats like myself really wanted to give him. I mean, I wanted to go with Nancy Pelosi's one dollar um, for border security, but he got he got a little bit more. So I think why though? More.
2: Can I let me ask you though, Lee? Why would you only want a dollar for for a wall or border security?
5: Okay. Well, earlier you were mentioning about you know. Democrat, you know, Democrats worrying about being politically correct. So I'm just going to call it what what it really is. Democrats hate Trump. I hate Trump with a passion. He's a horrible president. He's not good for the country. He's incompetent. He's got anger issues. I right, just get
2: get get to the point. Get to the point.
5: Okay. So my point is is that when I when Democrats got up and they sent, you know, all these Democrats that were running for the uh, House to the house we did it for one reason one reason only we wanted to drain the white house of trump and so we didn't we never wanted a compromise we never wanted to work with them we never wanted anything and it's pretty obvious in the way that democrats are doing things if you notice where we're not offering them anything more than about five dollars maybe if you look at it more you know onto the funding because of the fact that come on you're not really a
2: democrat you're not really a Democrat.
5: Oh, I'm truly. you're, you're
2: playing. You're playing a caricature of a Democrat. No. Right I'm now, not. what you're saying is every everything that I've always believed about you people. But now you're but I think you're just putting me on. This is a con, right? No, the, I, that's truly
5: how a true Democrat thinks we we do not want to work with Trump. We do not. So, we you, want so
2: you would you would compromise the security of the United States of America just because you hate him.
5: It's not compromising the security because the, compor- the, the our security was compromised when we elected a president that's got ties to Russia.
2: Right, right. What are those ties to Russia? Out of curiosity. And, and I mean, it... uh-huh. and, so you so you're admitting now that your party would would sacrifice the safety and security of American citizens just because you hate the president? That's it. That's, amid- that's your big admission.
5: I, I, no, I'm I'm admitting that our party is concerned that the safety of America would be best if we impeach and lock up Trump. Put mm-hmm. a true competent president in there that has no mm-hmm. collusion, no ties to foreign countries and entities, and will not right. compromise the right. American. Well, you country.
2: have a president in there who has no collusion or ties to foreign entities. Let me ask you a question: When the Green New Deal passes, are you gonna uh, you're gonna swim to Hawaii? You're gonna take a a little like a like a boat, like a fishing boat.
5: Well, you know, I always, I mean, I would like a cruise ship. but I mean, I, you know, the best place, the best way to travel to me is the sightsee on the way there. So that would be a beautiful thing to take a cruise, and it would be helping our environment. So, mm-hmm. uh, do I think that that that's a crazy idea that she's coming up with? No, you know, no. I mean, I hope. they No, can.
2: why have air travel? Right, that's ridiculous. We everybody can just uh, you know take a train, a choo-choo train.
5: And who knows? I mean, technology may may increase to where they have electric planes. You know, mm-hmm. electric
2: planes. <laughs> what about um, what about planes that are powered by by the sun? Solar, Solar planes. planes. Uh, Planes that are powered by the sun. Solar planes. Yes, that would be great. That that, That would be great, wouldn't it? And then what happens, of course, if if they can't fly at night, though?
5: Well, I mean, the panel.
2: All right, let's go back to Fantasy Camp. Lee, thank you for the phone call. Appreciate it very, very much. 877-381-3811. Well, I'm grateful you got to hear that. Because at least he's honest. At least he's honest with his pure, utter, what they call Trump derangement syndrome. That's it. He's at least telling you the truth about what motivates them. And it's nuts, right? I mean, it's completely nuts. A president who's been compromised by Russia, they spew all the same nonsense. It's just about seeing Trump fail. That's why these politicians in the past who used to all support a border wall are now anti-wall because of two things. Number one, guys like that are their base. That's their base. That caller right there is the base of the Democratic Party right now. And so even if you are a a a Democrat who believes that we should have border security, what are you going to do? You're going to make that guy upset. You understand? You you see what I mean in terms of the, the gigantic pickle the Democratic Party has gotten themselves into by allowing people like him into their ranks? Socialists have found an entryway into the Democratic Party. They have figured it out. This is their means to power through the Democratic Party. And Trump is the opposite of everything they believe in, which is the idea of you know allowing people to make their own decisions and choose their own life because of the regulations he's getting rid of, which I hope he does even more of, and then judges who are putting on, on the bench who are not writing radical laws from the bench. Everything they have to stop begins and ends with the presidency, but they realize they don't have anybody to stop them. That guy who just called is so emblematic of the exact problem Every Democrat is facing right now. Do you want to make that guy upset because he's never going to vote for you to become the party's nominee for president? I mean, he sounds like he's giving me a skit, like he's acting right now. But I don't think he is. Because to, to come up with that much pure bile towards the president of the United States, you have to really mean it. You know, maybe for a couple of seconds you can get away with sounding like a kook. But after that, you know, you got to really live it. you got to believe it. So now, when you're a senator and you're faced with the Green New Deal bill, what do you do? Do you upset that guy? Or do you upset everybody else who has a job and a life and makes money and has to heat their homes and all the other things that come with that? Or or the coal guys, you know, the coal people in coal country? Oh, it's unreal. It really is. Uh, let's go to Donna in Frederick, Maryland. Donna, you're on The Mark Levin Show.
6: Hi. I just wanted to say, you know, listen to him... He was very polite. I got to give it to him. I'm not used to that on the other side. But what I heard—that's a good loudly, point, Donna.
2: Very good point. We got to give him some props on just being polite. Which yeah, is being, at
6: least having a discussion because you can't reason with Democrats. But, I mean, that on its face has been a talent for all of us. <laughs> but what I heard—that—that that it kind of made me sad. And I—and I've been hearing this throughout the day. It's we're hearing that political ambitions matter more in American life, and we're seeing it play out. When they want to remove ICE's ability to protect our sovereignty, um, you know, this whole green deal, well, it's, it's green for all those that want to, you know, fill their pockets with everybody's green, but think about it. Like, I, I'm a big advocate for environmental Um, cleanliness. I like a clean environment. There are a lot of things that are great about it, but I don't like it when people tax the heck out of me and try and convince me that it's good for me when I know it's just an abuse. And I think that's where we're drawing the line. I have a family member that works on those huge windmills. There's a problem with birds. That's a problem down the road. I know people who work on solar. What do you do with them when when you have to get rid of them when they don't work anymore? You know they're they have
2: printed circuit board, board circuitry in them. What are you going to do with that when you have to throw it away? So this. Stupid- How about all those cars, Donna? How about all those cars that power on batteries? When the battery lifespan is over, what happens to that battery? Does it just get chucked in a landfill? Of course it does,
6: and not only that, but you can't put a fire out when they catch fire. They don't work well in cold weather. I've been hearing nightmare stories about Mm -hmm. electric cars in cold weather. So none of these things have been thought out before they've actually been really and truly implemented. and. No one's ever thinking about all the people that are going to be laid off because we have to fly by way of flapping our arms to go to from here to Hawaii or Puerto Rico or wherever we want to go. It's just gotten so beyond reasonable that that is why we can't – it's so rare that we could even have a discussion with Democrats because they've gone so far to the left that what I'm seeing down the road is Marxism. hmm
2: well, you know, uh, Donna, and thanks for the call, my dear, to The Mark Levin Show. Appreciate it very, very much. I honestly don't know if that guy was... I, he's he's sincere because of the, uh, the... Look, the tell is always this idea that he's compromised, right? He's compromised. And when a guy on the left says that, you, you know exactly the point that they're making, which is... They are hoping and praying. Adam Schiff, by the way, Adam Schiff is talking about criticizing now. He's openly criticizing the Mueller report. Now write this down, 746 p.m. on The Mark Levin Show. Write this down. I'm telling you this is a prediction, and I'm often right with these things. As my audience back in Philadelphia knows. uh, If the Mueller report does not show the president colluded with Russia, and it's not going to, by the way, then Robert Mueller will go from being the sacred American hero who served our nation and is fighting the good fight, and how dare you criticize him, to a Republican appointee. Yes. Right now, anybody criticizes Mueller, you get hit with the, ah, oh, that man is a hero, that man has served our nation, that man was a soldier, and that man has done more to protect our... You get that, right? You criticize Mueller, you criticize the probe, how dare you denounce our FBI? The morale, the, the, the people protecting us has never been lowered, it's because of you. You hear that over and over again. I'm telling you right now, if the Mueller report comes back with nada, at that moment, you are going to hear all in chorus because they all they all talk the same. It's it's like the talking points get faxed around in the morning faxed. What is that? I have no idea. Anyway, the talking points get all digitally sent electronically somehow through the cyberspace, and then they all read them. And those talking points will say, well, remember, Robert Mueller was appointed by a Republican. Robert Mueller is a Republican. Yes, Republican Robert Mueller. Is a any surprise that Robert Mueller, a Republican, has found uh, no evidence of collusion? No, it's not. Uh, no, not at all. And every one of them, talking heads, panel to panel the panel to panel, will say the exact same thing over and over again. And then they'll all turn to, but luckily Adam Schiff and his committee are investigating, because um, we know we can't have a Republican. Uh, when he was appointed, I was concerned with Robert Mueller and his integrity as a Republican. Mark my words. It's exactly what's going to happen here. 877 381 the Mark Levin Show. Rich Zioli from WPHE in Philadelphia. The honor of being in for the great one. What is the latest with the Mueller report? Absolutely nothing, but I'll give you the update straight ahead. Mark Levin.
0: 833 Ring B H N. Get 15% off your first order with promo code Levin. That's brickhouse, dot N.com, or call 833 Ring B H N, promo code Levin.
2: Actually, just treated a clip of MSNBC, which I uh, played earlier on my show in Philly, but it was really in line with what I have been saying to you here on the Mark Levin Show. Rich Zioli with you tonight. It is the fact that if the Mueller probe finds nothing, which the Mueller probe is going to find nothing, then all of a sudden everything's going to change. It's all going to change. MSNBC today acknowledging this is really amazing. Acknowledging that there's nothing there. No, there's nothing there. They, they got, they got uh, nothing. At the same time, though, still going around trying to figure out one way or another why the president's still guilty of something. Take a listen.
4: If and when the president, as he may inevitably do, point to this reporting, point to these conclusions and say, look, the Senate Intelligence Committee found that I am not guilty of conspiracy. He would be correct in saying that.
13: Well, except, except the, the use of the term not guilty is not really appropriate because they're right. not a court of law. And Robert Mueller still has yet to weigh in, right? And that's a big question because Robert Mueller knows things that the Senate investigators do not have access to. That said, Trump will claim vindication through this, and he'll be partially right, because Senate investigators have access to highly classified intelligence. So, for example, if there was an intercept between some Russian intelligence officers suggesting that they were conspiring with the Trump campaign, they would see that. That has not emerged. So that evidence does not exist, and Trump will claim vindication. But Trump has set the bar so high, essentially, if he's not convicted in a court of law of conspiring, in his mind, he's innocent. That's not how many senators of both parties see it, Hallie.
2: That's how everybody sees it. If you're not convicted in a court of law, you're innocent or at least not guilty. That's how everybody sees it. This is their legal expert here on MSNBC. If you're I don't understand, they don't convict you, so he's going to run around and say, "No, I'm not guilty," and that's not enough for them. You see how they keep changing and raising moving the bar, moving the goalposts. They keep doing this over and over again, dedicated to finding something, which is what drives Adam Schiff that little sleazeball who goes there and investigates everything, Adam Schiff in the House. And he's joined by the likes of geniuses in the Senate, like Chris Murphy from Connecticut and others. These guys are dedicated to making their base happy by investigation after investigation. They're not interested in bipartisan compromise. None. And when Mueller comes out next week or whenever it is and comes out and there's nothing there, he will go from being a dedicated hero to a Republican hack in a matter of seconds seconds. Mark my words. Write it down. Write it down. Write this down, too, and this is very important. Valentine's Day is Thursday. It's Thursday. Have you sent any flowers yet? If you haven't, what are you waiting for? You can't wait anymore. Two days left, so do this right now. You're in time. Valentine's this year with a gorgeous bouquet of vibrant red and pink roses from our friends at 1-800-Flowers.com. Right now you can get 18 stem enchanted rose medley for just twenty nine ninety nine, or upgrade to 24 assorted roses for only $10 more. It's an unbelievable offer from 1-800-Flowers. 18 stem enchanted rose medley for $29.99, or upgrade to 24 assorted roses for just $10 more. Roses from 1-800-Flowers are picked at their peak, shipped overnight to ensure freshness and her amazement. Guys, if you haven't done this yet, what are you waiting for? Honestly, there's no more time. Do this right now. Just go to 1-800-Flowers.com. Code LEVIN. L-E-V-I-N. You'll see a radio icon. Click it. Enter code LEVIN. The offer expires today. Today. But Valentine's Day doesn't expire today. It expires Thursday. So get moving right now. 1-800-Flowers.com. Click on the microphone. Code LEVIN. Get this beautiful assortment. On the Mark Levin Show, Rich Zioli for the great one. Hour three straight ahead.
1: From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin.
2: Adam Schiff says the Mueller investigation may be lacking, and he's going to keep investigating no matter what, as the Senate says, there's no collusion. Welcome back, Hour 3 of the Mark Levin Show Rich Zioli with you tonight. I'm in Philadelphia, Mark's hometown. The great one is off. Appreciate you being here. 877-381-3811. Yes, Adam Schiff, who's a uh, very, very shifty kind of a guy, he is now questioning whether or not Robert Mueller has adequately investigated President Trump's financial dealings with a German bank, thus reinforcing his case for a new Democrat-led House to begin its own inquiries into the president's finances. During an interview with NBC's Meet the Press, the Democratic California congressman said his concerns stem from a New York Times report in April that said Trump tried to get Mueller fired after it was reported the special counsel had subpoenaed Deutsche Bank. Did he get him fired? Uh, no, he did not, right? And isn't this fascinating, right? If, if there was ever talk of the left, among the left, of the president ever firing Mueller, they all said the same thing. Can't do it. Mueller is uh, unimpeachable. Mueller is fantastic. Mueller this, Mueller this. Now they're questioning his investigation. Yes. Just like when... Do you remember this? I don't know if you remember this day or not. There was a time when the Senate had opened their inquiry into the Russia potential campaign election, blah, blah, blah. And the two of them, the Democrat and the Republican... The, the the Democrat from Virginia is he, just one of those guys, Mark Warner, who just rubs me the wrong way. I, there's something about the guy. I mean, the whole Virginia is nuts, right? You know, Governor Blackface and Lieutenant Governor uh, uh, Rapist. And then, of course, Attorney General Blackface. The whole state is nuts. And then they have this guy, their senator there, who is absolutely a sleazeball. He really is. But when he and the chairman of the committee, the Republican, came out, everybody said, it's like the adults are in the room. Richard Burr, North Carolina. In fact, I tweeted that that day in, in a sarcastic manner. I'm on Twitter, by the way, at Rich Zioli, if you'd like to play along at home, R-I-C-H-Z-E-O-L-I. I tweeted it out. I said, this, this conference, this press conference has a adults are in charge kind of a feel to it, because that's literally what everybody was saying. And it, it, all over the place. Well, the adults are in charge. Now it's the Senate. <laughs> now they'll get to the bottom of this. Well, guess What? Now that the Senate has uncovered no direct evidence of conspiracy between Trump campaign and Russia, what do you think all those people are saying now about the adults in the room? They're saying the adults didn't have access to all the information. The adults were biased. The adults were blah, blah, blah. How quickly it changes. See, when the House investigation was going on, they all went around and said, uh, you know, uh, Devin Nunez, uh, he can't be trusted. This guy, he's way too pro-Trump. So this whole committee stinks. But the Senate, the regal Senate, will get to the bottom of this. And now here we are today. After two years and 200 interviews, the Senate Intelligence Committee is approaching the end of its investigation into the 2016 election, having uncovered no direct evidence of a conspiracy between the Trump campaign and Russia. According to both Democrats and Republicans on the committee, well, what do you know? But investigators disagree along party lines when it comes to the implications of a pattern of contacts that have documented between Trump associates and Russians, contacts that occurred before, during, and after Russian intelligence operatives were seeking to help Donald Trump by leaking hacked Democratic emails and attacking his opponents. Senator Richard Burr of North Carolina said it last week, if we write a report based upon the facts that we have, then we don't have anything that would suggest there was collusion by the Trump campaign and Russia. That's it. What more do you want? But of course now, a Democrat Senate investigator spoke to NBC News on the condition of anonymity, said the following. He didn't dispute Burr's characterizations, but he said they lacked context. Quote, we were never going to find a contract signed in blood saying, hey, Vlad, we're going to collude. Vlad? Is that like Vladimir Putin? Is that Vlad? Okay, so realize now what I mean in terms of them moving the goalposts left and right. They find no evidence. They do the investigation, years, costing the taxpayers millions of dollars. They find nothing, and their answer is, well, it's not like it was going to be in blood going, hey, Vlad, buddy, let's collude. Do you believe this? Of course you do, because you listen to Mark Levin, and you are a very wise person. You do believe this. It's the game that they play over and over again. Instead of saying, hey, you know what? I had my doubts. But thankfully, this bipartisan effort, because Democrats were all hailing Richard Burr the entire time, the Republican chairman, hailing him. He's a man of integrity. He's a man who'll get to the bottom of it. He, along with Mark Warner, they'll get to the bottom of this. Don't you worry. And now, well, I mean, <laughs> it's not like we're going to find uh, at the bottom of a vodka bottle the secret collusion recipe. And that's the same thing with the Mueller report. When the Mueller report comes out and finds nothing, same thing. Well, Mueller was a political hack all along. <laughs> the report Democrats say will not be good for Trump. Uh huh, But they also make clear they haven't found proof of their worst fear that the president formed a corrupt pact with Russia to offer sanctions relief or other favorable treatment in return for Russian help in the election. Because he didn't. But they go, well, he tried to build a hotel. Who cares? That's irrelevant. You're allowed to build hotels. I have news for you. You're allowed to do business in foreign countries. His entire life, he was a businessman doing business in foreign countries. Why why aren't we accusing Scotland of uh, controlling him? He's got a golf course there. Scottish collusion. Scots, maybe they're in charge. Why doesn't anybody allege that? But you see now, they don't talk about all the other properties around the world that the president has done in his private life. They just mentioned, well, he obviously was trying to do business in Russia, therefore. Therefore what? Prove it. Go find something. And when they don't find anything, they turn around and go, I mean, <laughs> what did you expect? We were never going to find it. Then why the hell did you do this the entire time? Why did you waste our time and our money if you knew the entire time you were never going to find anything? That's, that's their answer now. That's not like we were ever going to find in blood. Hey, Vlad, let's collude. So if you knew you were never going to find any evidence and you knew you were never going to accept the findings anyway, why did we go through all this and waste millions and millions of dollars in my time and your time and everybody else's time? The answer is because it was never about Russia. It was always about being unhappy with the election result, being mortified by what happened and then trying to find a way to undo it. Now, we've spent time on this. You have, Mark has, together we've talked about this. You go back to the 2016 election with Peter Strozak and his friend Lisa Page. I call him Strozak because Bonnie Watson Coleman, who is a member of Congress from New Jersey, keeps calling him Mr. Strozak, and it makes me laugh, so I call him Strozak. Peter Strozak and her texting back and forth about stopping the election. Then the president wins, Trump wins, and then they talk about stopping the electoral college from meeting and voting. Then stopping the inauguration from taking place. Then and on and on. And so that mindset of we lost, but we can't admit we lost, and we hate this guy. We hate him so much. Find something, find anything, go find it. Go look and find it and keep finding it until you find it. These people are histrionic, by the way. MSNBC was talking about how everybody's going to die. You're all going to die, you understand, if the Green New Deal does not come to pass. The reasonable left... MSNBC, Katie Turr, I think this one was Katie Turr, she's going on about how if the Green New Deal doesn't happen, we're all going to die. The U.N. said we have
4: 12 years before complete disaster. You talked to the representative of the Marshall Islands, and he's calling it what could amount to genocide if we allow things to go as they are. The reports aren't just, hey, it's going to get bad. The reports are people will die. Millions and millions and millions of people will die.
2: You understand the hysteria that they put forward with climate change, which, as we've talked about a million times, it's nothing to do with planet Earth. It's all about controlling you and destroying capitalism. How come there's never hysteria when it comes to the border? You notice that there's never any urgency. There's never any fear. There's nothing. In fact, if you bring up fear regarding people crossing the border, you are told that you are a mean person, meanie pants. They're all just good people just trying to get here. All of them, even the MS-13 ones, even El Chapo's friends. They're all just good people. Beacons of light who just want to come and have a better life. There's never hysteria with anyone, and I mean anyone, coming over the border. Any discussion of crime at the border is met with, you're just fear-mongering. That's what you're doing. You're fear-mongering good people, and it's got to stop. Yet they act like this with the climate. Everybody's going to die. All of us. Hysteria. And that's acceptable. That's acceptable. You talk about actual crime statistics to the board or anything, and the left goes, don't you dare besmirch these people. How dare you? A college in Massachusetts has voted to keep their police officers unarmed on campus. Mm -hmm. Police officers. I know there are a lot of them uh, who are Levinites listening probably right now, and I appreciate that. Massachusetts College of Art and Design, MassArt, the trustees voted to preserve a gun free environment by keeping police officers unarmed on campus. The vote came last week and drew the ire of Mass Art police sergeant Matt Hurley, who said, quote, the Mass Art community has been done a disservice as it has presented a false sense of security. The Boston Herald quoted Hurley, who suggested a police force that is unarmed is a police force without the power to protect students. He said parents have an expectation that when they send their child off to school here, and since there is a police department, they have nothing to worry about. This is just wrong. But Mass Art President David Nelson argued that changing school policy to arm officers is unnecessary. Quote: To be clear, our current policy is that officers remain unarmed, and that remains my position today. Can they throw chalk? Is my question. No, I mean, can they grab chalk and throw it and chuck it at people? Are they allowed to do that? Can they do? Can they throw anything? Can they throw things? Can they say mean words? Can they do that? Can they do that? This is this is the, uh, the, the propaganda that is spewed on college campuses around this country on a daily basis. Cops are bad. Guns are bad. Ergo, cops with guns are really bad. And forget the fact that if you're a student there, you have an expectation of security. You hope, hey, there's a police force. And the police force, I guess they have whistles. Maybe the whistles will be really loud. I don't know. But this is the mindset of the left. You know, over in um, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, there is a move by the mayor there to pass a bill that is in violation of state law in Pennsylvania. This bill would allow the police and uh, a judge to take your firearms if they deem you a threat because you've been having a bad go of it. You've been having a tough time. Tough time at work. Your wife left you. Uh, whatever. Whatever. Well, then they they determine you might be a threat to yourself or others. Therefore, they're going to come in and take your firearms. The mayor of Pittsburgh, a Democrat, obviously, he's openly violating state law in Pennsylvania because state law says cities and towns can't make their own gun laws. But he goes, I don't care. Impeach me if you want. Arrest me if you want. i got to keep my people safe. It's lawlessness. I don't know what committee decides, hey, Jim, you've had a really bad week, so... um, I'm sorry that things didn't go well for you uh, on the stock market this week. So we're going to come in and take all your guns. Good news. You get to keep all your knives, uh, your bow and arrow and your car. All of it. Just the guns we're going to get rid of. The lawlessness of the left is something that you have to understand. They openly will violate and defy law if it serves their agenda, if it pushes it, and they'll ramp it up the hysteria, the hysteria of people. Well, you know, if a guy uh, loses his wife, uh, we have to come in and take his firearms because he might be a, a danger to himself and others. They'll raise that hysteria about law-abiding citizens. But you bring up anybody at the border, how, 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 I can't, how, wh- how dare, what is wrong with you, you racist? That is everything you need to know about the left and how they respond to all this stuff. And I am tired of it, as I know you are tired of it as well. 877-381-3811, the latest on the border budget compromise. Rich Zioli for The Great One, Mark Levin. Mark Levin. as well eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one. junior in memphis tennessee junior you're on the mark Levin show how you
13: doing rich man i appreciate the phone call thank you sir hey i didn't i had no clue about the el chapo deal until i heard it on the on the show just a minute ago man i would think we'd have to do that right
2: I mean, it makes perfect sense. So here's the deal. Now, since he's been found guilty in federal court, the government is going to try to seize his proceeds from his illegal crimes. It's about $14 billion. But that money would just go to the Justice Department's kitty. What the what the El Chapo Act that Ted Cruz has sponsored would do is it would require by law that any money seized has to be used towards building a border wall or other border related security initiatives. It's a yeah. great, it's a great, it's a great bill. Is there
13: any negative to it, though? I mean, is there any drawback to doing this?
2: No, I can't see any negative to it. It's not, you know, he's been found guilty, so there's no constitutional issues because I'm against civil forfeiture, but this is criminal. He's guilty. Now the government is going to go in anyway and try to get his, the money that he's made from his illegal activities. That's the law. They're allowed to do that. You dedicate it to the wall and then you put it up for a vote. And what are Democrats going to say? No, no, no we're not going to let uh, El Chapo's drug money go towards paying for the wall if, to keep out other people who want to make money off drugs.
13: That's right. If they oppose this, they, they show their cards. I mean, they, they're going to oppose anything, which they will anyway. But if, if they have to say that they oppose this, then I mean, that they're, just, they're just against Trump. Uh, I would think Trump would have to jump all over this.
2: Oh, yeah, he should. I mean, they should They should try to vote on it ASAP. The minute government gets reopened, just do it. Pass it as one of your first acts. Put the Democrats on the spot. Junior, make them vote. no it to this. This is $14 billion of drug money from a guy who's been convicted in court. Use it for the wall. It's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer, it's a, and politically it's a no-brainer, too.
13: It's a, it's a no-brainer. It's perfect timing, man, and I, I do appreciate the time, and I'll get off of here and listen to you, man. But I had no clue. I'm glad you brought that up, and I hope it uh I hope you keep on talking about it, and and Trump jumps all over this. Thanks, man.
2: Thank you, brother. Appreciate that. 877-381-3811. Yeah, more on the El Chapo Act. I love it. And, of course, the big question. When the president goes after the social issues, is it good political strategy? I say it's brilliant political strategy. I want to hear more of it. We'll play you some of that straight ahead. Rich Zioli for The Great One. Mark Levin, coming back.
1: Levin the modern voice of the founding fathers this is the Mark Levin show dial in now at
2: 877-381-3811 you know the Democrats are all in on a barrier not a wall okay no wall barrier understand that if you learn nothing else tonight from the Mark Levin show with me Rich Zioli for the great one learn that Wall bad, Barry, you're fine. Wall racist, Barry, you're not racist. Okay? Now, again, all of this transcends logic in any way, shape, or form. So ignore logic. Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, who has been around for a very, 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 very long time, and intern blood is very, very sacred around her. I'm just pointing out the fact that um, some have suggested it's um, used more than Botox for her. Pelosi at one point had suggested in response to the border, forget building a wall, it's about mowing the grass. Mowing the grass, you understand. Take a listen. Let's sit down and talk this through and see what makes sense. Uh, Not some uh, commitment to a
4: promise that we're going to build a wall and Mexico is going to pay for it. That's never going to happen. But let's talk about... Where the, a more serious structure might be necessary, where fencing will do, or mowing the grass so that people can't be smuggled through the grass. Uh, and that's
1: something about levees, technology, personnel.
2: Weed whackers. Weed whackers and lawn mowers. Maybe some goats. I think goats eat grass or sheep or something. Have them feed on this, on the border. There you go. This is also the speaker who said, as the beginning of all this was happening, we anyway.
4: are not doing a wall. Does anybody have any doubt that we're not doing
2: a wall? Now, of course, when the uh, Speaker of the House says that, and then today they they announce a deal on $1.5 billion for barriers, you understand what's changed? Nothing except the nomenclature, the word, no more wall, barrier. Mike Barnacle, who's a who's uh, a blowhard who goes on Morning Joe quite a bit. And I don't know exactly the point of that show other than to spew Trump as Hitler nonsense every single day. But this this really sums up for you the thinking of the left in terms of a physical structure on the southern border. Take a listen.
3: Joe, I know I
9: don't have to uh, you, you know, explain this to you of all people, but for everyone else out there. The wall is kind of a metaphor for Donald Trump's presidency. The foundation of the wall is hate. It's fear. Hate. And as you build his wall over the course of his political career, you build on that hate and that fear, and it becomes fear of the other. And then it becomes fear of brown people, and it becomes fear of caravans, and fear of invasions, and fear of MS-13. And that's the root of Trump's presidential election, and that's going to be the root of his re-election campaign.
2: Now, and he stop sat- it for a second, if you could. Uh, now, hate is the foundation for the wall, but not the barrier. So the barrier is, uh, I guess the foundation is love or just, you, I, I don't know, I'm not a, a construction guy, but some other form of a material besides hate. Like, hate has no home here, hate has no barrier here. Hate has no home here. Hate has no barrier on this barrier. Hate has no foundation. This guy is an absolute caricature of every single talking head on the left. Fear of brown people. Fear of brown people. Now, this is, uh, if you remember a short time ago, Tom Brokaw went on with that whole thing about gr- brown grandbabies. He was going on about was making no sense. Nonsensical. But now, suddenly, they're all in on a barrier. So so the racist symbol wall not happening but the barrier okay we're okay now. We're we're good with this now. How do you go from that position to this position of saying wall racist barrier not racist? How do you do that? How what kind of a mental game do you have to play in your head to enable people to take you seriously after this, after all of this? Like Texas Democrat representative Henry Cuellar. Take a listen.
3: First of all, we're not going to have a wall. Now, can we look at some sort of enhanced uh, barrier? That's something we can certainly uh, look at. Let the local communities be involved so they can come up with uh, maybe maybe some sort of enhanced uh, barrier. But again, Washington cannot dictate... What sort of barrier and where to put it at? Washington is not going to say is going to say what sort of barrier they're going to have. Uh, again, I don't believe in the wall. I think a wall is a 14th century solution. The way the president is saying the president is, is, is looking at a false premise. He thinks that the only way you secure the border is by having a wall. That is a false premise. There's other ways of securing the border
2: with a barrier, a barrier, you see. So they, so the Democrats have now agreed to this in principle, in theory, and their base is going to turn around and go, well, it's not a wall, not a racist symbol of hate. It's a barrier. This is the uh, absolute nuttiest time we've ever lived in in our entire life. I'm telling you, I'm convinced of it. I really and truly am. I am just absolutely certain of the fact that sometimes I wake up and think this is all still a dream. It's a dream. Somebody on the left is going to look somebody in the eye with a straight face and go, I stood up against the wall. Yeah, but you voted for a barrier. That's right. Which is not a wall. What? But I don't care. Let them call whatever they want to call it. It doesn't matter. Just get something there that people can't get through. That's all I can. Or mow the damn grass. Mow the grass. That's, na- that's the Speaker of the House. Mow the lawn. We're going to go by mowers. We're going to dispatch an army of lawnmowers. Weed whackers and whatnot. And it'll be great jobs for people. Okay, uh eight seven seven three eight one three eight one. Let's go to uh Kevin is in Long Island, New York. Kevin, you're on the Mark Levin show.
7: Okay. Hey Rich, how are you? Good, buddy. Good. Hey, I you know, what about the environmentalists who will say that we're destroying the
2: ecosystem if we use
7: lawnmowers? mowers? I think that's hysteric. <laughs> but anyway well, there'll be the, have... old,
2: the old fashioned kind. Remember the kind you, you have to push?
7: Yeah, yes, yes. Uh, but I got, I got three topics real quick that I'd like your opinion on. One is the uh, with, with El Chapo's money. I mean, it's not like that money's it's, – it's good in theory, but it's not like that money's sitting in the United States. And even if it's found, Mexico would never have that leave uh, if, if the money's found. Two, I'm outraged on the Democrats wanting to put a cap on, on, on how many uh, beds they're going to have um, – to keep them in custody. When I mean, you could lose 6,000 beds just by one caravan. And the other thing is, is it just me, or when you listen to uh, AOC, d- does she not sound like a middle schooler that's campaigning on having grape soda flow from the water fountains? I mean,
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah, she does. She sounds like all things are possible with homecoming.
7: Uh, yes, uh, it's it's it, this is just absolutely. I can't believe I'm 51 years old and I can't believe the United States is at at this position. And you know what's funny? I just had a conversation with my mother um years and years ago when Home Depot was first opening up. They opened one up in the town next to my and in the, in the next town over. And at that time you could not even pull into that Home Depot with a pickup truck without being bombarded by people thinking you're hiring for day labor, and there would literally be fights breaking out. And I said this years ago that this was going to happen.
2: Well, listen, brother, you uh, you're a proficient guy, Kevin. Thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it very much. Eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one. Any relation there, Mr. Producer? All right. I want to hear from you here on the Mark Levin Show. Of course, I don't know. I just thought it was you calling. I was excited for a second. Let's go to David in Racine, Wisconsin. David.
8: Greetings and salutations. Um, just a weird thought that if they went with a government shutdown, some of the programs that would be shut down would be the air traffic control and system, which would mean not being allowed to have airplane flights and the uh meat inspection program, which would uh, eliminate meat. Aren't those two cornerstones of the Green New Deal?
2: That's a good point. It's a very good point. You, you find a way then to get rid of planes and cows all in one foul and swoop. It, it give people a, a sneak preview of uh, AOC's little program. <laughs> well done, sir. Well done. Thank you, David. I like it. I like it. I like where you're going with this. Very good. 877 381 By the way, Mark is on Twitter, of course, at Mark Levin Show. And, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Rich Zeoli, R-I-C-H-Z-E-O-L-I. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, this, this kind of, uh, nuttiness that we see going on right now is, uh, wonderful for President Trump, though. It really is. Because he comes out and he talks about, like last night at the rally, he talked about Governor Blackface in Virginia, Governor Shoe Polish. A- and let's not forget something. At, at the, at the root of this were Nothram's comments on, Abortion, late term abortion, post uh, post birth abortion, which is not abortion anymore. And now you're killing a, a a human being who's supposed to be protected by the Constitution of the United States, where the Constitution is supposed to provide you due process. And people can't take away your life or your liberty or your limbs without due process. And Nothram says, we'll have a keep the uh, comfortable and have a committee. We'll talk about it. And and the president goes after that, which I think is really smart. You know, I think it's very smart of the president to address this kind of stuff. It reminds evangelical voters that he's in the fight for them. It reminds people who are pro-life that the president is on your side. And it also points out and he's got a very good way of pointing out their their, their nuttiness in a way that is often ignored by the media. For example, Ralph Northam sat down with Gail King yesterday on the CBS morning show and uh, she did so much to help rehabilitate this monster. And, of course, no questions about post-birth abortion. And it was all about, really, truly about his definition of slavery as they celebrate the founding of slavery or some nonsense like that. These are vile people. These are these are hateful people. And the president calls them out, whether it's that anti-Semite in Congress or or this racist governor in Virginia. And, look, by the way, I, I would not normally suggest that this action in and of itself makes someone a racist. When I, I come to that conclusion based on the fact that now... In his rehabilitation tour, he's traveling around meeting with black people. The black farmers, this black group, that black group. Why was he not meeting with people before? Why was he not engaged with these communities that he represents as governor before this? He's only using people now to try to rehabilitate himself. Because the man doesn't give a damn, that's why. This is the president last night. Democrats are
14: also pushing extreme late-term abortion. children to be ripped from their mother's womb right up until the moment of birth what's that all about so in virginia the governor he's uh, gotten got a little publicity lately i like him keeps us out of the papers i like him like to find a few more guys like this one he almost moonwalked his wife stopped him darling darling it would be inappropriate i want to see somebody try and imitate michael jackson in the moonwalk this would not have been a good scene his wife saved him but the governor stated that he would even allow a newborn baby to come out into the world and wrap the baby, and make the baby comfortable, and then talk to the mother, and talk to the father, and then execute the baby. Execute the baby.
2: You know, the uh, the notion of a Republican bringing this up, so many people go, oh, it's just not couth. It really isn't. You have the cocktail party crowd. Oh, just please. It's words we don't want to hear. Uh, that's what they're counting on. They're counting on you not wanting to have words like that be said. That's part of what their deal is. And Trump goes after it. And I, and I love it. I do. I think it's great. Not only is it smart political strategy, it's just it's really good to have somebody acknowledge what that is, the evil that Northam stands for, that Andrew Cuomo stands for. I, I want this to be out there. I want people to recognize this stuff is evil. It's what it is. It, it, it's sick. It's barbaric. It's inhumane. It's all of those things. And for so long, a lot of people who were pro-life, for example, felt very much like the Republican Party was pro-life in name only. And they wouldn't address stuff like this. And, and it also does something else, too. It shows you how far the Democrats have gone left on the kook factor, because there was a time when e- there were some Democrats. Casey, the governor of Virginia, uh, excuse me, of Pennsylvania, who actually, there's a famous Supreme Court case. Planned Parenthood v. Casey. Mark writes about it in Men in Black. And this guy fought Planned Parenthood because he was a Democrat who was pro-life. And guys like him would never be allowed in the party anymore. But it was at one point kind of understood. Late-term abortion was wrong, and post-birth abortion was certainly wrong. This is now an act that's becoming mainstream in the Democratic Party, and Trump says, I'm going to call him out on it. Good. And he's also going to remind people of what got Notham in this pickle in the first place, this big political penumbra that he's in. He reminds him of this. Because the media is trying to do everything about it to make it just all about the blackface. It's not all about the blackface. It's about what the governor said about abortion. And good for the president for reminding everybody about that. 877 381 3811, The Mark Levin Show, coming right back. Mark Levin. here on the mark levin show martin in charlottesville virginia martin how are you sir
15: i am doing quite well thank you how are you tonight
2: very well awesome awesome hey mark you know i appreciate you having me on i just well i'm rich by the way rich uh, i'm in for mark levin but you got to be quick because we're almost at the end of the show so go ahead sir
15: Roger that, Rich. Hey, you know, I just want to say as an African-American, I can't believe all the lunacy that we're falling for from the Democratic Party, from late-term abortion, our governor here in Virginia, in blackface, to not uh, standing up for our communities that are often the most hurt from illegal immigration. Um, we, are, uh, uh, we compete for jobs and we compete for housing and everything with illegal immigration. And as much as I'd like to help them, we got to help ourselves here in America. And I just can't believe uh, uh, African-Americans are falling for this foolishness.
2: I'm so glad you called. Let me, let me ask you, when, when, when you hear the left act as if they are the party that uh, every African-American should vote for, and then you hear their comments on illegal immigration, then you see their governor acting the way that this governor of Virginia acts, your, your governor, uh, how does it make you feel about in terms of so many people that still vote for Democrats?
15: embarrassed and it makes me angry because i, I talk to my fellow african americans every day and i'm trying to explain to them that one uh the party of the kkk the party of slavery the party that's always held black down has always been a democrat party and look nothing has changed and they look at me like a deer in headlights they just kind of blink their eyes like they have a, a fog or something they don't understand i'm like okay this is the perfect example um Uh, Margaret Sanger wanted to abort black babies. Margaret Singer, the Negro Project, wanted to abort black babies. And now the Democratic Party is saying, hey, abort babies after they're born. And we just, you're in the headlight. (laughs) I know.
2: Actually, they would would do more to protect the deer in the headlights, truly. Martin, thank you, my friend. Appreciate it. Very nice to talk to you. Uh, Grateful that you called the Mark Levin Show tonight. Thanks, buddy. Uh It's been great hanging out with you tonight. Thank you for letting me. Uh Nobody, nobody can fill the Great One's chair. And I mean nobody. But still, I appreciate you letting me hang out with you for a few hours here on The Mark Levin Show. I'm on Twitter at Rich and Facebook.com slash Zioli Show. Hope you have a great night. And remember, this compromise, the big question that has to be asked is, if it's not good for the border... Then the president should think about maybe another shutdown. Thanks so much. We'll be back. See you soon.